Are you ready to receive? Are you sure you're ready? Let me see your faces. Okay. (laughs) Your eyes open? (laughs) You're not sleeping, are you? No. Okay. You went to school. You went to work. You had your coffee afterwards. I hope some of you ate dinner. But if you didn't, you're going to make it through. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight, Lord. We thank you for your plan for this service, your plan for this church, your plan for every person, every family here tonight. It comes to pass, Father. We make a demand on what you have for us. We're not letting it slide on by us, but we're thanking you, Father, for your plan. We're saying yes to your plan, yes to your ways, Father. And we thank you, Father, as we say yes, the power of God is made available to us and it opens up doors and opportunities for us in jesus mighty name if you believe that say amen Amen. thank you father speak through my mouth tonight may my words be your words in jesus name so um as many of you know we're going into this next season as a church so we're going to be talking about that tonight amen Um, And you're like, yeah, pastor, I already know I'm going into the next season because soon we won't be in this building. We'll be in a different building. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor, got the keys, right? Got the keys. We're excited. Amen. Um, You know, but this is just a next, uh, if I could say the Lord was in my heart tonight, he said, it's the next leg of the race because our lives are a race. Paul said, run your race right he said i finished i finished my race i've run it with joy so we we're running a race whether you realize it or not whether you're like i i opt out i don't want to be in the race (laughs) guess what you're in the race you're in the race um on this earth whether you're running the right race or the wrong race you're in some kind of race and um it's better if you're running for god and running in his plan amen So um, we want to run our race and we want to run it with joy. Amen. And so tonight we're going to talk about this next leg of the race, this next phase, or you could say this next season. Amen. How about your next season? How many of you are ready? Like you've been in a season for a period of time and you're like, I'm ready. Take me, Lord, to the next season. Like I'm ready for the next season. I'm ready for the next this. I'm ready for the next that. I've been in this season so long. I'm ready for the next season, right? And God is always looking to promote. He's always looking to increase. He's always looking to bring us into more. He's always looking for us to grow, right? Because you can't go into your next season if you don't grow, right? Right? I work in a school district, and I've got little preschoolers, and if they bring a bottle or a pacifier, I'm like, hmm. I don't think they left the baby season yet. We're like... Mom's like, we got it. I'm like, put it in the, put it in the backpack. You know, we're in, we're in preschool now. You know, you're trying to take your pacifier and your bottle with you to the next season. And the teacher's like, that's not developmentally appropriate, right? You're in, you know, you're in junior high and you still have your blankie. Now, hey, you can have a blankie. You can have a special blankie, right? That's okay. But you probably don't want to, like, suck on it and take it to junior high right you'd be like yeah no right that was for a season you needed the pacifier we needed the bottle we needed that blankie for a season but then we get to a certain place and god's like all right it's time to wean you off the bottle time to wean you off the the blankie 
the pacifier, it's time to put it away. Put it away. And let's go to the next season. Because you can't, you know, if you stay a baby, you can only go so far. You're going to have a hard time running a race if you're a baby. Right? Okay. Praise the Lord. So this is our year of pressing into more, right? We're pre- what are we pressing into? We're pressing into the plan of God. And in God's plan for our lives, there's always a season. And then you'll, you'll go through that season and you'll either graduate, put the pacifier away, put the bottle away, and go to the next season, or you'll stay where you are. An example of a people who stayed where they were were the Israelites. God brought them out of Egypt. He brought them into, he gave them a promise. You're going to go into a new land. You're going to go into the promised land. Woohoo, they're excited. They came out with silver and gold. The Bible says there was none feeble among them, right? Yes, Lord, hallelujah. You know, delivered them from slavery. Right, yeah. 400 years, is that right? Say 400 years. They were slaves. So they're excited, they get out, and what do we hear often in the Bible if you're reading your Old Testament? Did you bring us out here, Moses, to kill us? What did they do? They constantly complained. They did not leave the last season of being a slave, that last mentality. They took it with them. And because they took it with them, they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. And the first generation died. They never even entered their next season. Is it possible for us to live life and never enter into the next season that God has for us? Yes, it is possible. We can stay stuck, right? And there's certain things that will keep us stuck complaining, grumbling. Why am I here, God? I don't know why I've been doing this job. And you know, I'm so much more better at my job than so-and-so. And he's always getting promoted or... You know, complaining, grumbling, griping, not being thankful. Not being thankful will keep us at uh, a season and we're ready to move on to the next. Right? But what do little kids do? They complain. I don't want to eat my vegetables. I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to do. They don't want to do what they need to do. Right? They don't want to do. Let's just be honest. Sometimes as adults, we don't want to do what we need to do. Spiritually, we don't want to do what we need to do. But we need to do some things if we want to go to the next season. So here we are physically getting ready to move into a new place. We can't take the same mentality that we have here in this place and go to the next place and think, well, it's all hunky-dory now. You know, here I am. I'm out of slavery. I'm in the, God's taking me to my promised land. And then we get there and we're like, oh man, why'd I come here? Another place was so much better. You know, this is not in my notes, but I think we have to be really careful because this is like the second time this is coming out of my mouth. So we have to be aware. I'm going to put signs everywhere. Be thankful. Be thankful. No complaining. Right? We're going to be grateful because it's not our ending place. But we're definitely not going to complain because we don't want it to be our ending place. We don't want it to be. That's not our finish line. We're going to have our own building. Say own. Like we own it. We own the land. We own all the buildings. We can decide what we want to do, how often we want to do it, right? But we are, it's time to go to the next season. Okay? So, uh, time on earth is short. 
Say it short. Jesus is coming back. Jesus Christ is coming back again. We need to talk about it all the time. Jesus is coming back for his church. Let's open our Bibles to James chapter 5. Because if we'll talk about Jesus coming back, it will keep us, um, if I could say this, it'll keep our perspective right on life. We won't waste our time. We won't stay in the season we're at deliberately if we'll recognize, you know, Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back for a church that's ready. He's coming back for a people that, you know, are we ready for him to come back? Are we even ready? Or are we asleep? Now I'm talking about we're going to the next season. James chapter 5 verse 7. Jesus is coming back for the precious fruit of the earth. Doctor used to say that all the time. He's coming back for the precious fruit of the earth. He's coming back for the harvest. Guess what, River Church? Part of our job is to help bring in the harvest. Bring in people that don't know the Lord. Because either they're going to heaven or they're going to hell. Your co-workers are going to heaven or they're going to hell. Your friends at school are going to heaven or going to hell. There's no in-between. And when they die and you don't know when they will die you don't know when your family you don't know and when they die you don't want them to go to heaven or stand before their maker and he's like you can't come in i don't know you and they could say i knew so and so they went to church how come they never told me about jesus Because heaven is real. And hell is a real place. And it's not, time is short. And we can get so preoccupied with our own lives. We forget. Life on earth is short. Eternity is forever. Eternity is forever. Praise the Lord. James 5, 7. Therefore be patient, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth? waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Now listen to this. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another. Here's some, here's some instructions. While we're waiting for the coming of the Lord. We're supposed to establish our hearts, get our hearts established. Established in what? In the plan of God, in the word of God. Established in, in Jesus and who we are, what we need to do. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge. Who's the judge? Jesus. He's standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endured. You have heard of the perseverance of Job. Say perseverance. perseverance. And seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. But above all, brethren, do not swear either by heaven or earth or under an oath. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. I love the part that says, you've heard of the perseverance of Job and establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord. Jesus is coming back. Say he's coming back. And he's looking for a church. Our hearts are established in him. We're not asleep. We're not, and I'm not going to go into that because there's many scriptures that talk about, you know, God's looking, you know, are you awake? Are you slumbering? You know, are you ready for the coming of the Lord? I just want to remind you, Jesus is coming back. Yes. 
Why are we here? What are we doing here? Come on. To get all the big houses and the cars and the money and the savings and the IRA and the and the uh, all the clothes we want and go to all the restaurants we want and take all our vacations. What about everybody who doesn't know the Lord and they're dying and here we are wrapped up in our own stuff? Now God does want to bless you. He does want to prosper you. But there's there's a purpose for it. It's to establish his kingdom here on earth. And we can't establish his kingdom if we're so preoccupied with our own stuff. I'll just leave it at that. Amen? So, let's look at 1 Thessalonians 4.15. Praise the Lord. Jesus is coming back, and he's, he's, um, he's getting ready. Thank God that he's patient, waiting on us. Amen? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15. Say amen when you get there. Hallelujah. It's in the New Testament. You know, I find it interesting. Sometimes we can get so discouraged and we act like we have no purpose. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But we do have a purpose. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15 says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Listen to this. This is called the rapture. Say the rapture. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. When Jesus comes back, he's coming from heaven. With a shout. With the voice of an archangel. And the trumpet of God. You're going to hear a trumpet when Jesus comes back. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Who are the dead in Christ? Those who have already died and went to heaven. They're going to rise first. What are they, where are they going to rise out of? Their graves. They're going to rise out of their graves. Then those who are alive and remain, if whoever's still alive and knows Jesus, then they'll be caught up together. Caught up where? Caught up in heaven. You're going to be caught up in heaven. You're going to, be, you're going to go up. <laughs> yeah. If you know Jesus, with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Yes. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. If you or someone you know, well, you're still here. If someone you know has gone to be with Jesus, guess what? They're always going to be with the Lord. And one day you're going to be with the Lord. So comfort one another with these words. Hey, they're with Jesus. One day we're going to be with Jesus. And we're all going to be together. They're in our future. They're not in our past. Right? So this is, this is just a, a, a description of the rapture. Jesus is coming back from heaven. He's going to, and we're going to be uh, caught away up into the clouds of the air. Amen? So that is the rapture. So I just wanted to go over, just remind you that Jesus is coming back. There was a song we used to sing. Um, soon and very soon. We are going to see the king. You need to sing that someday. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. Soon and very soon, Jesus is coming back. The Bible say, says a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day with the Lord. There's a, there's a lot of things we could look into that, but we won't. But we always have hope knowing that we'll always be with the Lord. And Paul said, use these words, comfort one another with them. In other words, it's comforting to know. You know what? They're with Jesus. They asked Jesus into their heart. I've asked Jesus into my heart. I'm going up. 
one day and I'm going to see them again. And guess what? The Bible says you're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. They are looking at you. They're watching you. They're looking to see not what house you bought, not what car you bought, not even who you married, uh, what, how much money you make or don't make. They're watching you to see, are you fulfilling the plan of God? Are you doing what you're called to do? Because you each have a call on your life. There is a mission for you here in this earth. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So anytime, now remember I'm talking about we're going to the next season. We're going to the next level, okay? But I want you to know the purpose of us going to the next level is to prepare for the coming of Jesus. To prepare for the return of the Lord. To prepare, tell our neighbors about Jesus. To start to live right. To be clean and holy. So that we're ready when Jesus comes back. Amen? So that we can be an example to others. So that we can... Um, okay, well, I'll stop. So anytime we're going to the next level, though, the enemy will send opposition, right? He's just not going to let it happen. So the enemy is always warring against the plan of God for your life. Why? He wants to get you distracted. So you forget about the fact that Jesus is coming back soon. So that you forget about what your part is what part you have to play in Jesus' return. Yeah. Because we all have a part to play in the Lord's return. Whether we're here when he returns or we go to heaven before he returns. Yeah. Either way, we have a part to play. Look at the great and mighty men of God. Look at Billy Graham. How many people came to know Jesus? You look at those old videos of Billy Graham. The, the stadium is packed with people. And then when he gives an altar call, thousands and thousands of people go forward. Right? They go forward to receive Jesus. What He had a part to play in the coming of the Lord. It's precious, right? So anytime we're going to that next level, the enemy is warring against the plan of God for our life. He's warring against the plan of God for your life. He's warring against the plan of God for this church. So as we're going into this next phase, don't think, for those of you who are any of you. But don't think that it's strange to all the pressure you've been feeling lately. Yeah. Anybody been feeling any pressure? Maybe it's just Pastor not. I don't know. We always think if, it's, if, if we're going through it, you may be too. That the enemy's sending pressure. He's sending opposition. He's sending things your way and you're like, what is going on here? Because the enemy's warring against the plan of God. He's trying to gain entrance into our lives. And he'll bring opposition in the forms of strife in your marriage, uh, new, new bills coming up. You're like, where'd this come from? <laughs> could be a natural thing, but it also could be, you know, um, you know, like what? I owe what? How'd that, how'd that bill come? I didn't even know I knew I, knew I owed that. Right? Praise the Lord. He can send, um, he can send lust. Tries to get you to lust after someone else. Yeah. The Bible says if you look at a woman. Okay, if a man looks at a woman. Well, probably won't go. Now it's both ways. If a, if a man looks on a woman, he's lusted after her. And a looking is looking. I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to look in. Looking. It's not like, hey. It's like, oh, I'm looking. Yeah. The Bible said that you've already committed adultery with her. 
right? I'm just talking about different things the enemy can bring. He can bring unforgiveness, something that happened years ago, or maybe it happened this morning, and you still can't let it go, right? He can bring gossip, pride, jealousy, disobedience. Just not moving with the plan of God will keep, will keep you um, from going into the next level, right? So it's our job as believers. I got to close the door to the devil. I'm going to close the door to that lust. I'm going to, you know, do I have to put a lock on my phone? Do I got to throw away the, the uh, laptop? Do I need to put the, the laptop in the living room where all my family is? What, what boundaries do I have? Am I watching over my kids? Some of you have boys and girls. Hey, we have a rule. We had a rule in my house. If you're going to watch something, you're going to watch it in my living room where I'm at on your phone. You don't go into your bedroom, close the door. You don't go into your bedroom. I don't care if you're 18. You're in my house. That's what you do. Because I'm keeping the door closed to the enemy. I'm not going to allow him to come in and steal from us and steal from you. Right? So what do we have to do? We've got to close the door. Amen? Why? Because these things are all a flow of hell. They're not a flow of heaven. The enemy's warring against us. But thank God we already win. But we need to be aware that the opposition we're facing isn't, you know, this isn't like, oh, this is normal. No, this is from the pit of hell designed to take you out, designed to take your family out so the church can't move forward like we're supposed to. Amen. That's the truth. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. Amen. I choose the side of Jesus. I'll take the abundant life. Right? But you've got to close the door to the enemy. Don't allow him into your home. Don't allow him into your heart. Don't allow him into your marriage. Don't allow him into your finances. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So how do we go to the next level? Um, The Bible talks about, let's look at Luke chapter 9. The first thing we have to do is we have to set our face. Be determined. Set, the Bible talks about setting your face like flint in Isaiah. That means your face is set. You have a determined purpose. I know I am here. Right? I know I am here on this earth because there is a plan of God for my life and I'm going to fulfill it. I don't care if every devil tries to come out distract me and the devil could come in many forms well you get a facebook message from someone you haven't heard of in 10 years hey all of a sudden you decide to follow the plan of god you haven't heard from these people in years the devil will send the devil uses people you know i heard someone say this well you know everything that happens is for a reason and god sends everybody that is not true That is not true. God does not send everybody. The devil can send people too to distract you, to take you off course. Come on, we're not not, um, unaware of his devices. He uses people, just like God uses people, right? Parents, the devil uses people. He can use your kids' friends. So it's your job to be, you know, you're the guard. You're the the bouncer. Hey, what are you doing? Where'd you go last night? Uh, you're going to so-and-so's house, let me call them. Hey, this is so-and-so's mom. 
My, I heard my daughter's coming over to your house. Where are you going tonight? Oh, you're going to go out to eat? Where are you going to eat? You're going to go see a movie? What movie are you going to see? Hmm. Okay. And the parent's like, why do you want to know? Because that's my child. They're coming to your house. I, I get to know everything or they don't go. Right? Well, praise the Lord. You got you to keep the devil out. He's, he's out to take us out. But he can't take us out because we know who we are in Christ. Hallelujah. Okay, did you get to Luke 9.51? Luke chapter 9, verse 51. So we have to have an unwavering determination. We're going to persevere. We're going to run our race. Amen. We're going to finish it with joy. And we're going to run the entire race, not just one leg, and go, hey, I made it around one lap. Hallelujah. I'm so glad. Thank you, Jesus. And you sit down and everyone else still going their laps. And you're like, where are they going? Well, you got to finish the race, right? We don't give up. We persevere. Well, it's hot. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm so tired. I got to go every Saturday. I'm so tired. No, we persevere. We persevere. We keep on going. Why? Because there's a plan. What's the plan? Jesus is coming back. And we can't grow weary or get tired or get distracted. Yeah. Too much of the church is distracted. That's right. With this. Yeah. Put it down. Put it down and walk away. <laughs> and go spend some time with Jesus. The lover of your soul. The one who did everything for you. Who went to hell. He went to hell. Jesus went to hell for you. He fought every devil in hell for you. And then we live life like, I don't know what Jesus ever did for me. He went to hell. He was crucified. He was so unrecognizable, they couldn't even tell if he was a man. Now that's bad. That's bad. He's the Lord. So we should be just as determined as he was. He was determined. He knew what he was facing. He knew that he came on this earth to die. He came on this earth to die. And if it was just for one person, he would die. If it was just for you, he would die. He didn't need all of us. He just needed one person. And he set his face like flint. I'm going to the cross. Why? It's the plan of God. I'm going to fulfill God's plan on this earth. Amen. Luke 9.51. Who wants to read it? Mm-hmm. Luke 9.51. Jerusalem. Right there. He steadfastly set his face. Jesus set his face to go. He knew where he was going. He was going to the cross. Just like Jesus said his face, guess what? He's our master. We are his disciples. If Jesus set his face, we're going to set our face to fulfill the plan of God. Amen? So how do we go to the next season? Number one, we're going to set our face like Flint. We're going to set our face. We're going to be utterly determined. We're not stopping. We're not getting distracted. We will persevere, and we're going to make it. Amen. Hallelujah. Because we are trusting in God. He, and we've got the Holy Spirit. He's our helper. We're not doing it in our own strength, the Bible says. 
but it's in His strength. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We, Jesus set His face unflinchingly. He's not, oh, shouldn't I? I mean, He did pray and say, Lord, if it's Your will, let this cup pass from me. But it wasn't God's will, so He had to go move forward. Right? What's God's will for your life? Are you walking in his will for your life? Or are we doing our own thing? I don't want to do that. That's too hard. I don't know if I can, you know. You know, and we get like, I don't know if I could serve every, you know, faithfully, man. I mean, that's just too hard. Really? Really? Jesus went to the cross. And we can't even commit to his house. We can't even show up faithfully. We can't show up. To the one who gave everything for us, to honor him, to love him, to give, he gave his all for us. Hey, I'm preaching to myself too. I'm not trying to condemn anybody. Just, I'm trying to remind us because we can get so distracted with life that we forget what is our purpose here on earth. Amen? Because God's purpose, he's coming back. He's coming back. Amen. And he wants, he doesn't just want, okay, just the river church, you know, going to heaven. There's a lot of people that need to know him. Amen. And he needs us. He needs our cooperation. Amen. He needs us to be strong. We can't be strong if we don't set our face like Flint. And we can't set our face like Flint if we're not in the word, if we're not in prayer, if we're not faithful to his house. We're going to fall. We're going to get tired. We're going to grow weary. Just living on this earth, those things will come. Right? Amen. So... He set his face. He had a mission. There was no backing out. There's no plan B. There's just plan A. God doesn't have two plans for your life. God doesn't have three plans. He has one plan. Thank God for his mercy and grace. If we get off, then we can get right back on. Right? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I, I want to stay on track. Right? And it requires us to set our face like flint. That word flint, that is a kind of rock. It's hard. It's almost like it says in the, I think it was in the. Yeah, it's used to ignite fire. It was used as tools back in the Stone Ages. But it's also like um, the, the hoof of a, of a horse. Strong. Hard. You're setting your face strong hard it's like you're not looking here and there it's like i'm set my eyes are set my gaze is fixed on the plan of god my gaze is fixed on jesus is coming back what what's my part what am i supposed to be doing am i doing what i'm supposed to be doing amen it takes determination takes determination because the enemy will come and try and discourage you know pastor marcus and i pastor marcus had never been to yosemite believe it or not if you've never been you should go and so this summer, did we go this summer? Olivia's like, let's all go. And you had to go. I don't know if they're still doing it, but you had to like reserve a time slot to get in the park. And it was packed. People from all over the world. And it's like, what, two and a half hours away, three hours from us. And so we went and it was just gorgeous. Well, Olivia's into taking hikes. Oh yeah, we can do a hike. Sure, no problem. We got this. Pastor Mark's like, yeah, sure. Did you have a backpack? I think, yeah, he had a backpack. Did you have a backpack? I can't remember if you had a backpack. But I'll tell you one thing. We did have our water bottles. So, you know, this, this hike, I'm thinking, this is no big deal. You know, 
it's like it's paved rocks you know like they actually like i'm thinking this isn't like a real hike you know real hike is like you're in the mountains there's grass and dirt and you know this is like paved so we start and i'm noticing i'm noticing people up ahead leaning against these rocks i'm like huh what's going on and then i'm noticing people as they're coming down they're like smiling like giving you this look i'm like christian i start thinking well you made it what you know so we're starting and as we're going it's just like it's beautiful you know the scenery is gorgeous and this is how you know the kind of christian life is like this is gorgeous this is great god is so good look how beautiful that mountain is i mean you know there's a creator you know god is real right if you didn't know know now you know and it's just so gorgeous and and we're hiking treading up this pathway and all of a sudden, you know, starting to get a little bit harder. And we're going, <laughs> how many miles is this, right? And we're going, and I'm like, man, I should have worn my, wa- my eye watch there. I should have gotten the, the steps in or whatever. So we're going, and all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute, we got, we got a water ride. Olivia and Sophia are up ahead. We can see the backs of them. And Pastor Mark's like, yeah, we need to take a break. Don't worry, we're coming. Right, I was like, we're leaning against the rocks with everybody else, you know, <laughs> drinking, you know. And then you see these people. They got to be from another country. That's all I got to say. The people from the other countries, you could tell they're European. You could just tell by the, the look, you know, the dress. Not to mention that they're wearing this pack on their back with a baby in it, like up here. I'm like, I've never seen a backpack. And they're just hiking on them with a baby. In the backpack, I'm like, and I'm looking at their legs. I go, yeah, look at they have nice shins. I mean, or nice, nice calves, nice calves. Like they've shins, shins and calves, whatever. They've done this before, and like you could tell. I'm like, you're not American. You know, it's all the Americans. They're a little bit, you know. Hey. We're the ones. We're like, oh my gosh, right? But they made it with ease. Like I don't. I'm like, how are you going? And you don't even stop. I don't know how many miles. I want to say by the time we went up and down, it was. Seven, seven maybe, yeah. miles, and this was in the summer, and it was hot. It wasn't like 100, but I felt like it was like 80 or 90. It felt really warm to us. Anyway, by the time we got there, <laughs> 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 I was trying to breathe, right? Trying to breathe, and you get to this place, and it's not even the top. I'm like, no, we just can't. I'm sorry. There's a lake somewhere up there. We didn't make it to the lake, but we get to this spot, and there's a beautiful waterfall, and there's these big rocks, and we're like, where's the subway? We brought subway. Like, so sit down, eat our subway. <laughs> so we're sitting on these rocks. Pastor Marcus and I are eating, and it's a sign that says, please do not eat here or feed the bears. So I'm like, I'm sorry, we got to eat. We're hungry, we're thirsty, right? But it was hard on the flesh, hard on the body, because we're not used to it. However, I will say this, we did set our face. We're like, we're getting to the waterfall. We're going as far as the waterfall. We're not going to quit. So no matter how hard it got, we kept going up. And it seemed to get steeper and steeper. But we kept going up. We kept going up. And when we got to turn around, we're like, we made it to the top. Eat our subway. We get to go downhill. And when you're going downhill, you're like, hey. Yeah, and everyone's going up, you're like, you're going to make it. Yeah, we did too. You know, it's like, like, you, like you made it up with ease, but you didn't. But to get up there, though, you did have to set your face like Flint. 
Like you had to be determined, I'm not quitting. I'm going to make it to the destination. No matter how tired I get, if I have to stop and refuel, I will. Much like when you're doing things in the spirit. If I have to stop, open up my Bible, get some word in, start praying a little, I got to refuel. Because if you don't stop and refuel, you're not going to make it. You're going to give up, turn around, and you're going to be tired. You're going to get discouraged. You're going to fall over and go, this is for the birds. I quit. And you're going to quit because you're trying to do it in your own strength. Right? So you've got to set your face like Flint. And if you have to stop and take a break and get in the word, you do that. That's where you're refueling. You're not going to do it empty. Right? Say, I'm not doing it empty. So number one, set your face like Flint. Determined to persevere. We're going to the next season. Number two, faithful. Faithful. We are faithful. Be faithful. You know, God wants us to increase. He wants to move us forward. He wants us to go to the next level in our life. He wants this church to go to the next level. That's his plan. It's always for us to move on. It's always for us to, to grow up spiritually. He doesn't want us to stay as babies, right? How's that going to happen? Well, here's God's method of promotion. It's never changed. It's always been the same. Faithfulness. Say faithfulness. Who decides how faithful we are? We do. That's not on God. That's on us, right? How bad, right? Like if you want to, you know, if you want to be Mr. Universe. Some people want to like, those bodybuilding things. I don't know. I'm just using, using that as an example. They can't just go to the gym once, twice. They're in there like faithfully every day. And then they're not eating sugar. They're not eating whatever. I talked to one person who's doing it. She's like, Melina, I don't even eat salt. I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, I mean, talk about committed. And I love salt. I'm like, give me some salt on my fries. Right? She's like, I'm thinking, you're cutting out sugar? She's not really, it's salt. I'm like, no way. She's committed. She's faithful, right? You've got to be faithful to the plan of God. Not quitting. You're going to do whatever it takes. God's looking for faithfulness. How bad do we want to go to the next level? How far do we want to go? How far? It's up to us. The, the question is, well, how faithful do you want to be? Because that will determine what season we're in. Right? Look at the Israelites. They were so unfaithful when they got out of the wilderness. They're like, yeah. They get into the wilderness like, this place is for the birds. Yeah, we're hungry. We're thirsty. They weren't faithful to God. They started to complain. They started to grumble. They even grumbled against their leaders. If someone's grumbling against leaders, run. And run fast. Run fast. Because they all died in the wilderness. Amen. God's looking for people who can be trusted to stick with it through hard times. With a humble, teachable attitude. He's looking for people who get the job done and not quit. Say, I'm not quitting. I have no quitting sense. Quitting is easy. Anybody can quit. Doctors should say that all the time. Quitting is easy. Anybody can quit. Anybody can quit. It takes perseverance. It takes faithfulness to finish. Amen. It's not about talent. I don't care how talented you are. 
God, God's not looking for talent. Or how charismatic you are. Right? Or, man, or how good looking. He's looking for faithfulness. He's looking for faithfulness. So put your hand to something. Put your hand to the local church where the blessing is. Amen? And do it with all your heart. Be faithful on your job. Praise the Lord. Be faithful. Let God see your faithfulness. Be faithful with the car that you have. Be faithful with the home that you have. Amen. There was one minister. I was just I just heard this again the other day. And if he wanted to promote you or hire you on staff, he would make an appointment. I'm going to come to your house, okay? Oh, okay. And then he'd come to your house and you know what he'd do? He'd go into your closet. Open your drawers. Go to your sock drawer. We're all going to go home tonight. Oh my gosh, I got to get this all organized. Right? <laughs> He's not going to promote laziness, selfishness. He's not going to promote entitled people. Well, I think I deserve it. I'm the one. I deserve it more than they do. That's being entitled. Amen? Praise God. He's looking for faithfulness. The Bible says in Matthew 25, 23, you can write this down. It says, when you're faithful in the little, God will make you ruler over much. Amen. He'll make you ruler over much. Now, what am I talking about? We're going to this next season. We're moving into this next level. We don't want to stay where we're at. So we're going to persevere. We're going to have good attitudes and we're going to be faithful. Amen. So here's a checkup on yourself. Have you done what he's asked you to do? Talking about faithfulness. Have you proven yourself? In your current season. Hallelujah. Can people count on you? Can they count on you? I'll just let you kind of simmer in that for a minute. Can they count on you to be there? Count on you to be in your spot? Can your employer count on you to be um, honest? To be on time? Amen. Have you done it with a good attitude? If not, if not, there's a chance you'll get passed by for promotion. But it's an easy tweak. It's an easy tweak, but we just need to be reminded. All of us, right? Well, i gotta be, oh, I got to be faithful. Have I slacked off? Have I gotten weary? Do I have, have I gotten distracted? A lot of times it's just distractions. Have I gotten distracted? Yeah. Right, amen? And there will come a test. There's going to come a money test, a faithfulness test, you know, a love test. I, you know how many times Pastor Markison and I have said, I'm passing this test. I'm not doing this again. Because the people in the wilderness, they didn't pass the test. And they kept going around and around and around for 40 years. And Pastor Marcus and I, sometimes we'll get home from something and we, we'll look at each other and we go, or I'll say to him, I think I failed that. I failed that test. Or we'll come home and we'll say, I passed the test. I walked in love. I kept my mouth shut. I did what I was supposed to do. I passed the test. Right? Because if you don't pass the test, guess what's going to happen again? You're going to keep taking it until you pass. It, whether it's in your marriage, with your finances, at your local church. That person, man, they always get on my nerves. And they always agitate me. That person at work, that person at church, man, they always, oh, they annoy me. Well, you're going to keep getting tested then until you're done being annoyed. Because God's looking for faithfulness. And that's not just an outward appearance. It's what's in your heart. 
Is your heart faithful? Right? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Number three. So number one, persevere, set your face like flint. Number two, be faithful. Number three, live as an overcomer. Use your faith and live as an overcomer. Amen. Romans 12, 11 says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Come on. Praise the Lord. And it says, and they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and sea, for the devil has come down having great wrath because he knows he has a short time. The Bible says the devil knows his time is short. He knows his time is short. But we can rejoice because we overcome. How do we overcome? The blood of the lamb. We thank you, Father, for the blood. You talk about the blood at home. Did you know Jesus' blood was shed for you so that you could be healed? Did you know that Jesus' blood was shed for us so that we could go to heaven and live life on heaven on earth? We don't have to wait to get to heaven to have heaven on earth. We can have heaven on earth now. Right now. Amen. No sickness, no disease. Healed and whole. God's still doing miracles. How does he do it? By the blood of the Lamb. His blood was shed. His blood had to be shed. In the Old Testament, they would, if someone did wrong, they would uh, kill, a, kill an animal. Why did they do that? Because blood had to be shed. But people, they couldn't be perfect. So they kept having to kill animals. So God said, I'm going to send one final lamb. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. That's why the Bible calls him the lamb. Amen? And he shed his blood once for us he was the final sacrifice so when you read in the old testament why do they keep killing animals they're shedding blood blood had to be um shed to for the forgiveness of sins and then finally god's like this isn't working we got to do it one final time so he sends jesus amen praise god and his blood was shed for us so overcomers, we use the blood of Jesus. We testify. It says, by the word of your testimony. Testify of God's goodness. Talk about his goodness at the dinner table. Talk about his goodness to your children. Talk about his goodness to your parents. Talk about his goodness at work. Talk about what he's done for you. If you'll talk about what he's done for you, he'll do more of it. If you talk about all the times he healed you, he'll heal you even more. Why? Because you got healing on your mind. Healing in your heart. Talk about how faithful he's been. Remember the time? There was a time when um, I almost died. I bet you could all say that almost. There's a time. You look back on your life. God saved your life. Could have been when you were in a car. Could have been when you were a kid. I know God saved my life. He saved me. I'm so grateful. You talk about it. Talk about it with your children. Amen. Talk about it with your spouse. Amen. Testify of God's faithfulness. The accounts of his faithfulness. Amen. Why? Because earth is short, but heaven is forever. The devil's time on this earth is short. Let's make him miserable while he's here. When you jump out of bed, he ought to be afraid of you. Oh, no, they woke up. They got out of bed. I was hoping they'd stay in bed a little bit longer. And when you get up, act like you're an overcomer. Oh, man, I'm on It's another day. It's a Monday. And then Friday's like, oh, it's Friday. So glad it's Friday. You know, you've got to be like Smith Wigglesworth, who raised 24 people from the dead. Say 24. 24. That's 24 more than me. 
What did he do? They said he would jump out of bed and dance for 14 minutes. High-stepping it. High-stepping it. I was listening to Mark Hankins. And he said, I tried it. I said, okay, Lord, if Smith Wigglesworth did it, I'm going to do it. So he said, I got out of bed. I started high-stepping, dancing. He goes, I looked at my watch. It was only two minutes. But what are you doing? You're putting on the garment of praise. You're putting on, hey, I'm an overcomer. I'm going to act like an overcomer. Why? Because God said the greater one lives in me. Amen. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. Amen. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Your faith works when you'll activate it by speaking it out. Take your authority over the devil. If he's been putting pressure on you, turn that pressure around and put the pressure on the word. Amen. And then when you get out of bed, act like you're a victor instead of a victim. The devil, the world, the world is full of victims. My parents didn't ever do anything for me. I didn't, I didn't grow up that way. So, you know, I can't have that. Oh, I don't know, man. We're always, we have more money than we do month. Or no more, more months, sorry, than we do month. I can't afford that. Don't say that. Who said you can't afford that? Who said? Who said you can't afford that? Who said you can't have that job? Who said? Who said that? Wasn't God? With God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible for those who believe. For those, do you believe? Do you believe that God is true? Do you believe his word is true? Do you live and act like his word is true? Hallelujah. We ought to. We ought to be excited every day. I'm an overcomer. How about you? Woo! I'm an overcomer. How about you? Hey, I'm an overcomer. How about you? God's so good. What's he done for you? You know, it's like the dance off. Then that person gets up. I'm an overcomer. How about you? <laughs> you know, and you just rejoice and you thank God for his faithfulness and you talk about it. Praise the Lord because we're overcomers. And God's got so much for us. And it's time for us to go to the next level. We can't go with a defeated mentality. Our mind should always be victory. Victory over everything. Pastor, well, I'm struggling. I'm struggling in this area. I'm addicted in this area. I have bad habits in this area. I want to encourage you. First of all, get a scripture for that. And if you need help, Pastor and I can help you. And number two... Start calling yourself free. I'm free from that. Why? Because God has set me free. The blood of Jesus. Nothing's too hard for the blood. There is nothing too hard for the blood. That blood made a way. That blood set you free. That blood set our kids free. That blood made a way when there was no way. Praise the Lord. So call yourself free. I'm free because of the blood of Jesus. My kids are free. Our finances are freed up. Hallelujah. Because of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We're overcomers. overcomers. Amen. Amen. You call yourself free, even in the midst of it. I'm going to close with this story. There was a man who came up uh, to a minister after the service. And he said, Brother, I've been smoking for a long time. He said, I can't stop smoking. I've tried. I've tried. You know, you hear the stories about the people, they throw the pack, the pack, of, pack of cigarettes out of the car. 
And they turn around, they go back and get them. Hold on a second! Right? Because they're not free. But they want to be free. But there's an addiction there. And so, the minister said, Brother, I'm going to tell you what you do. As you're smoking that cigarette, I want you to smoke it and say, I'm free. I'm free. What are you doing? You're activating your faith. Because he wanted to be, he really wanted to be free. Now, if you don't want to be free, you're not going to get free. He really wanted to be free. And so, he would stand. He would stand out there and he'd smoke. He'd say, I'm free. Puff, puff. I'm free. Wouldn't that look funny if you're out there standing? But he did it. Why? Because he wanted to be free. He said, one day, I think he said, I was standing under a light post, leaning up against the light post. And he said, I'm free. He said, all of a sudden, the desire, that nicotine, just left. He came back. He said, brother, it works. <laughs> and he'd, been, he'd been a smoker for years. I want to say he was a chain smoker. I could be wrong, but he would have been smoking. God will set you free miraculously. If you want to be, how are you set free? By the blood. Nothing's too hard for the blood of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Did we get help tonight? Amen. We're going to give. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You know that if you give your seed, if you give your tithe, if you need an envelope, uh, raise your hand. Praise the Lord. When you give your tithe, the windows of heaven are open. Amen. He pours out blessings abundantly according to Malachi 3. Hallelujah. When you sow your seed, come on, there's a harvest. So you ought to expect it. Now, your seed is your offering, but your tithe belongs to the Lord. Amen. And in Malachi 3, it says, God, where have we robbed you? And he said, in tithes and offerings. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is faithful. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to give you a minute. If you don't have the book, Sound Mind, I'd encourage you. To, to get that book, read it. It might be online. I don't know if that one's online, like in iBooks or anything, but it might be. It's a good book. We're reading it this month. Amen. Halfway through the month. Oh, my goodness. I'm excited. Our, our goal, our plan is to be in our building by October. October. Amen. Guys are going on Thursday to start working on it. We got the keys yesterday. Amen. So, we got the money to get in. Woo-hoo. Now we're calling in all the money. Well, we've got half the money to get in. <laughs> so we got to have the rest of it. But all the money comes. Whatever God ever puts on your heart, you can put building for that. Amen. And then we have, we're believing God for the money to fix it up. Praise the Lord. Hold up your offering before the Lord. Father God, we worship you with our tithes and our offering, Lord. We thank you, Father. As we give tonight, we give our tithe. You said the windows of heaven are open. You're pouring out blessings abundantly. We don't have room enough to receive it. And we thank you, Father, as those who give their offerings, Lord. I thank you, Father, for the seed that's placed in the ground tonight, that it will produce a harvest, a harvest, every need met, every debt paid. I thank you, Father, giving them the desires of their heart, all caught up in the black, no longer in the red, and they have more than enough for every good work. Say that with me. I have more than, have enough, more than enough for every good work. For every good work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we continue to say, thank you, Father, for our thank building. You, yes. It'll be sweet and easy. Sweet They'll easy. give us the key. 
Father, we thank you for the right building, the right location, right on time. And we rejoice. We rejoice. Hallelujah. We rejoice our building in. Hallelujah. It all comes and all the money comes. All the skilled workers come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for it. It is done. It is done. Hallelujah, it's it done. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Go ahead, ushers. Serve the people. You may be seated. As the bucket goes by your way, you can stand up. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what God has. You know, you don't see everything all the time. But you just obey in those little things that he tells you to do. Amen. You take that one step, amen, and then he'll show you the next. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise well, we love God. you all.